Welcome to Biblical Perspectives on Aging, the podcast where you and your church will find answers to the difficult questions that arise as we grow older. On behalf of the Baptist Home, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brames. Well, today on Biblical Perspectives on Aging, we have a treat. Uh, We have Dr. Rodney Harrison, who is the president of the Baptist Home, joining us today. And Dr. Harrison, many will know that your background is in higher education, that you spent a lot of time in there, and now effectively you're in a healthcare-oriented type of ministry, and, and that jump, that leap is a rather large one, maybe unexpected for some. They, they may not know the background uh, of your story. So could you share with our listeners today what your preparation is for your role as president of the Baptist Home? Absolutely. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a part of the Biblical Perspectives on Aging podcast. While I was in California, I grew up in Central California, and in 1979, I went to the College of the Sequoias and pursued a credential as an activity director for a long-term care facility. Uh, In 1980, I moved to northern Minnesota, and there in a small town of Big Forks, Minnesota, uh, served as a certified nursing assistant um, at a long-term care facility in that small community of about 400 people. Very soon I was enrolled in a nursing program and graduated with uh, a degree in nursing and then took the state board exam becoming a registered nurse and that was back in 1983. And so uh, that was that early preparation. Uh, All of it was involved in long-term care. I loved working with seniors and that has always been uh, on my heart in the area of healthcare ministry. While I was an RN, Um, really sensed a uh, desire to uh, work in administration and to help give leadership into healthcare services. And so I pursued a bachelor's degree in healthcare administration at Dallas Baptist University. And at that time uh, was also um, uh, fulfilling a call to ministry. And so upon the completion of my healthcare administration degree at DBU, uh, went on to Southwestern Seminary and uh, went, uh, went there for my studies. When I finished, I returned back to Northern Minnesota and was involved as a tent maker. And so this involved bivocational ministry, working um, either part-time or full-time in uh, healthcare. And generally that meant working in nursing homes. The advantage of that is it provided me a means of expressing my call and love of healthcare but also it would allow me the flexibility and scheduling to be able to serve as a church planter. And so in Chisholm, Minnesota, Hibbing, Minnesota, and Halleck, Minnesota, uh, that was a platform ministry for church planting. So really the first decade and a half of my adult life, I was involved in healthcare, either full-time or part-time. And then um, was involved in mission work with our North American Mission Board for uh, over a decade in California. And it was through those connections and through my continuing education that uh, I was invited to be on faculty at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in the early 2000s. And so, you know, it does seem like quite a, a leap from healthcare to higher education back to healthcare. And yet through it all, I think there has been some commonality of really wanting to minister to people, serve those who um, sometimes are unable to care for themselves 
and to really be, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. That component has not changed at all. And of course, what's also involved in this is just a strong and fervent commitment to the sanctity of life. And uh, both the vocational ministry of why do we pastor and plant churches and why do we serve in healthcare? It ought to be because we value the sanctity of human life. Very good. Well, you have uh, been the, you, you were the interim president at the Baptist home for a period of a few months. And that began right about the beginning of 2020. You were coming up on your first full year as the full president of the Baptist home. Just thinking back, uh, reflecting on that first year uh, of service, what are some of the things that uh, you have accomplished as the Baptist home, your leadership, et cetera? And what are some of the challenges? Obviously, COVID is a part of that, but what are some of the challenges uh, that you have faced and, and or potentially are still facing at this time? Well, as others have mentioned, the, the Baptist home is an amazing ministry with 108-year-old history. I mean, so for 108 years, we have been serving the needs of the aging. And yet, um, when I came into the ministry, there is definitely a need to kind of look into the future. And so I think the, the first and foremost uh, accomplishment that stands out is how God has helped our team to bring clarity to the future. We've recast our mission, our vision, our values as a sanctity of life ministry. And we were able to do this while honoring the past. And I think that right there is sometimes a, a very thin tightrope to navigate. How do we respect and honor the past while look, looking into the future? And we were able to do that. We were blessed to have uh, Miller Management uh, work with us as a consultant in that process. But now we are living it out. We didn't just create a mission statement that was placed on a wall and just sits there. We are living out our mission, our vision, and our values and everything that we're doing in our hires, in our budgeting, in our uh, utilization of time, and in our strategic initiatives. And so I think the first thing I would say is, is really in that first year, bringing that clarity to our, our ministry. I would also say ending the year in the black financially, <laughs> despite the ravages of COVID. And this was really made possible because of the generosity of our, our partners. I was told by our uh, advancement director that we currently have the most supportive board of trustees in our ministry's history. And so they, they have rallied around what we are doing. We have had some very generous donors. And I would need to say that some of those have been the results of seeds that were planted a decade or more ago. And so to be able to end the year financially in the black was significant. Hmm. We established our new corporate offices in Jefferson City this past year. And, you know, for 107 plus years, the corporate offices were in Ironton, Missouri, um, a beautiful, beautiful part of the state. But many people, especially those that live uh, where you do in the northwest corner, would think of uh, Ironton as a foreign mission field. Um, <laughs> it takes hours and hours and hours to get there. And as the ministry has grown, as the ministry has established new campuses and new initiatives, being able to be in the center of the state, especially having access to the departments of health and the other agencies that we intersect with on a, almost a, a daily or weekly basis, uh, I think is going to bring great strength to our organization. So we've established our offices uh, right there on High Street. We're about four blocks from the Capitol. 
and we're at the Baptist building on the sixth floor. And that's been, uh, I think, a great accomplishment. And then finally, I'd say building a great team. You know, when I think of the team members we have, uh, Becky Barden, who is uh, our communications director, we have gone from a quarterly newsletter to a monthly newsletter, which is an e-letter of real quality. You know, sometimes you think of these newsletters as uh, being just kind of quickly thrown together. This is a quality newsletter. And then we're launching our new, we have multiple new initiatives that are going to expand our reach, not just in long-term care, but we're looking at hospice and maybe home health. And so we're looking at how can we not just say, come to the Baptist home, but we've established a team and we have adopted initiatives that the board has approved that will allow us to go and to go into the homes of the churches and church members. And so we've been able to do all of that while continuing and building upon that, what we often call the uh, philosophy of the Baptist home level of care. And so we've, we've been able to do that while, again, honoring the past, but looking forward to a, a vibrant future. And in many ways, COVID-19 has actually made that even more possible. COVID-19 has demonstrated that the change not only is critical, but the change can be done without as much pain and fear. And so we've been able to, I think, capitalize on, I think, all of our willingness to be innovative as we had to be innovative to respond to COVID-19. We can use those same lessons of change and innovation as an organization as a whole. So we've been able to make changes that I really thought might take two or three years all in one year. And we've been able to do that with just a, a very cheerful and joyous attitude. So that is a lot in a year. I know that know those that know you well will know that that's not unlikely, but, but that's still a lot. And, and, you know, from an outsider's perspective, just as a pastor, et cetera, you know, I do see that the presence ramping up. Obviously our church receives the Baptist Home newsletter, but the uh, the presence of your articles in the pathway and, and different things like that, uh, there is more of that. So there's many accomplishments there, but obviously beyond COVID, there's been some challenges. And I, I want you to speak for just a moment, if you would, about the idea of biblical perspectives of aging and the Baptist home being an advocate for the aging. Uh, you were a strong advocate. You mentioned your four blocks from the Capitol. You were a strong advocate for getting the governor to relax some restrictions related to nursing home visits and things like that for those in ministry, especially. Can you speak to that advocacy, to some of the success you had there, but some other challenges uh, that you are still facing as the Baptist home in general? Oh, thank you, Andy, for the question. Yeah, early on in the coronavirus response, um, as many know and the listeners know, nursing homes became really one of the target of, you know, the media messaging about the coronavirus. And, and to some degree, rightfully so, because uh, nursing homes are oftentimes closed communities. You have people going in and out, especially the caregivers and families. And yet um, you're dealing with really sometimes the most vulnerable segment of society. When they talk about comorbidities, when you are in your late 70s, 80s, 90s, and even beyond, um, it's very unlikely you do not have um, more than one comorbidity that would make you at greater risk of the, uh, of the virus. And so early on, nursing homes were 
closed, meaning that um, visitation was restricted to all but end of life visits. And that was defined as someone that was passing. Pastors and others were no longer given access. Churches were not given access. And so we had a quite a, a challenge because we're seeing not only residents' First Amendment rights being violated by these restrictions, but we also saw the Bill of Rights, the, the, the Nursing Home Residents' Bill of Rights, which was approved by Congress in the 1980s. Several of those elements were being violated through this. And so how do you, how do you maintain that balance of protecting our residents while ensuring that their rights are being valued? And so uh, we were able to be a voice. I had the privilege of meeting with our governor and speaking to our state senator regarding the advocacy on behalf of not only our residents, but all residents in nursing homes. And as I talked with my colleagues in other long-term care facilities, this was a shared conviction that um, isolation could be a greater threat to our residents' well-being than the coronavirus itself. In fact, we had many residents say, look, I, I would rather get the virus and die than no longer be able to be with my family or even sit at the dinner table with my neighbor. All of that was prohibited. And so through that advocacy here in Missouri and nationwide, our senator went to bat for us and was able to get the Center for Medicare Services to issue some guidelines that made visitation possible once again, to, to maintain that balance of how do we ensure that we reduce the possibility of introducing the coronavirus into a facility or to our residents while ensuring that they could visit and retain that right to visit not only uh, family members, but we also were seeing that clergy were now being included as an essential caregiver. So those new guidelines went into effect in September, and a good part was because of the advocacy of the Baptist home. However, they were also conditioned upon certain criteria, such as your county is in a green or yellow status rather than an orange or red status. And of course, as those who have been following the data well know, it was about that time in early October that every county in the state of Missouri and almost nationwide went into that orange and red category. So we're just seeing that change now. But the good news is um, those guidelines, which were issued in September, which are restoring the residents' rights and restored pastoral visits, many of our counties now are back in that green or yellow phase across America, and those visits are being allowed again. And so, um, you know, that's just one aspect of advocacy that we are engaging. We're also dealing with uh, legislation here in Missouri that ensures that the nursing home administrators are well-credentialed, that they have the appropriate balance of education and experience, having come from higher education. Of course, I am an advocate of higher education. And those are, again, our, our opportunities for advocacy on behalf of the elderly. And so um, hopefully, you know, we are going to be able to continue to participate in that. That's not our primary goal, but our updated mission speak, uh, statement does speak of both education and advocacy. And the education component is really for the churches and for the members and the families that are in the churches, because so many of them don't know where to turn or what questions to ask. 
So we really do hope that not only can we be a leader in providing Christ-like compassionate care, but we also want to provide that education for the, the members and the churches, as well as advocacy for the elderly and the sanctity of life in general. Thank you for joining us today. In the next episode, I will continue our conversation with Dr. Rodney Harrison, who is reflecting on his first year as president of the Baptist Home. Biblical Perspectives on Aging is brought to you by the Baptist Home, a ministry committed to setting a Christ-like standard of care for the aging. For more information, go to thebaptisthome.org. That's all one word, thebaptisthome.org. Together, we can be a voice for the aging. Thank you for joining us for this interview today. The Baptist Home has provided Christ-like care to the aging since 1913. To learn more about the biblically informed resources and solutions provided by The Baptist Home, go to www.thebaptisthome, that's all one word, .org. Again, www.thebaptisthome.org. You will find links to previous podcasts, a growing number of church resources, and detailed information about residential and long-term care communities. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Andy Brams, asking you to be a voice for the aging.